How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I uh, hope all is well. I am Chris Moore for Bill Ryder. Uh, Carlos Ortiz is producing today, and we are happy to be joined by noted author Adam Lazarus, whose latest book, The Wingmen, chronicles the friendship of, obviously, one of the great hitters, if not the greatest hitter of all time, Ted Williams, and astronaut and later Senator John Glenn. And it is an interesting read. I have skimmed through it so far, but I'm going to dive into it over time here because uh, it's got my attention. And it is uh, one of those unlikely stories of real, you know, rather than the the fiction out there, uh, of a real deep relationship forged in war to some degree. Adam, we appreciate your time on this Labor Day. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about the impetus for this for you, because something I knew nothing about until I was given this and and told about uh, uh, the subject of your book. I had no idea that John Glenn and Ted Williams had such a shared history. Yeah, I had no idea either. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge baseball history fan since I was a kid. You know, I also grew up watching the right stuff uh, and knew a lot about John Glenn. If if you learn anything about the the early NASA days, uh, you knew he was a military war hero. And so I knew a lot about both these guys. But a couple years ago, I saw this photo of them together at a base in Korea during the Korean War. Um, And it said that they had served together and flew missions together. And I was very interested in that and started reading more about it a lot in both both men's uh, biographies. They had a few little tidbits here and there. But when I started reading more and more, I could see that not only did they serve together in battle and combat and in dangerous missions during the Korean War, but they had a friendship many, many years after that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And for those who don't know, Adam has written a bunch of books, including Best of Rivals on Joe Montana, Steve Young, Super Bowl Monday, Chasing Greatness, Johnny Miller, Arnold Palmer, etc. Uh, in, in the golf world. So he is a sports guy, but uh, drew himself over uh, because you're curious by nature, aren't you? I mean, I guess authors have to be. And you, how did you, let me, let me put it this way. You thought about this and then you thought, I'm going to pursue it and see if there's a book there. When, you, when did you decide that there was one? I think when I realized that uh, after, and especially in the later years of their life, particularly when Ted Williams was sort of sick and feeble, uh, they were really close with each other. When John Glenn went back to space, I'm sure a lot of your listeners remember uh, in 1998, John Glenn, 77 years old, goes back to space for a week. Uh, 35 years after he did it the first time, it's big news. Uh, one of the people there cheering him on was Ted Williams. And when I learned more about that, now he was in a wheelchair and his family drove him there to be there. And he was just beaming with pride the whole time. 
uh, I was really intrigued by this sort of friendship that got stronger many, many years after it started. Uh, and I just thought it was a great connection of, of John Glenn going back to space, soaring up in the air, and Ted Williams in a wheelchair on the on the runway at Cape Canaveral, cheering him on. And, and there were a lot of little episodes like that across the course of their friendship that I thought were just really compelling. Interesting, too, that you wrote about Ted being recruited to the war and how uh, the admiral or whoever was said, hey, he's going, that's it. I mean, uh, the, the other guys, hey, don't you know who this is? And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was an interesting part of I mean, I assumed it was something like that because it was different times. I don't think any of us could could fathom that being the case in 2023 where we in that situation. But it's the way things were done back in 1950. Well, it was sort of um... – by chance that it happened, you know, everybody, we, we all know about World War II and how important that was. And every big star went to war, Joe DiMaggio, uh, Ted Williams, Bob Feller, they all went to war because it was such an important conflict. And not really any of the big celebrities went to Korea. And Ted Williams sort of got called back in by accident. He was sort of still attached to the Marine Corps, but he wasn't serving. He wasn't doing any kind of weekend training or, or, or months of uh, relearning how to fly or, you know, practicing his pilot's work. But he was still technically in the Marine Corps, and he got called back sort of by accident. And I think once they called him back and it was out in the press, and, the, you know, all the newspapers heard about it, that Ted Williams, geez, you know, this big baseball celebrity was being called to, to war. They couldn't undo it. They couldn't sort of put the toothpaste back in the tube because then it would look like they were playing favoritism. So, yeah, it would, it's unfathomable today for Mike Trout or or Tom Brady or whoever, you, whatever star LeBron James you pick, uh, to, for them to, to, to go into the Marines at all, let alone go into combat like Ted Williams did. It, it's really crazy. We're talking to Adam Lazarus. The book is The Wingmen, the unlikely, unusual, unbreakable friendship between John Glenn and Ted Williams. Researching the book, what blew you away? Like, you put this down after you've read it, and what are you left with? I think you're left with uh, a story about, for one, about two friends and, you know, the meaning of friendships, how friendships start. And that's uh, really something that everybody can relate to. Uh, but I do think the, the, the larger picture is the importance of public service and what these guys gave. Uh, you know, Ted Williams, I, I talked about how he went back into the war at 33, gave up his baseball career. He, he would have had 700 home runs and 3,500 hits, 4,000 hits. Who knows how many MVPs he would have won. Uh, he did his duty, and it was really important to serve at that time. And, and there's something selfless and thankless about that, uh, but especially John Glenn. John Glenn gave his whole life to his country, and I think that's the thing that I come away from this most is this is a guy who cared more about the United States and the Marine Corps and military families uh, his whole life. And I think that was the thing that I, I, I pulled away from this. And that was one of the things that I think Ted Williams really respected about John Glenn was his selflessness. And conversely, you know, I, Ted Williams, uh, John Glenn talked many times about his service with Ted Williams, was asked about it a lot. And sort of the quote that sort of runs through the book that he said one year at, a, at an event honoring Ted Williams for his great service in the Jimmy Fund, the Children's Cancer Research Foundation, he said that Ted Williams, everybody knows that Ted Williams hit 406 in 1941. It's, you know, his, his legacy, but he batted 1,000 for the Marine Corps in the United States of America. And I think that's the thing that I draw from this, that uh, for Ted Williams to ha- hold such a special place in John Glenn's heart is really something. I, you know, and also true, Adam, is that, that, that we know that Ted Williams was quite outspoken. I mean, he was a character. Mm-hmm. There were people that didn't like him because of things he said and people that liked him even more because of the things he said. And you, you write that it's an unlikely and unusual friendship. 
uh, Glenn and Williams often did not agree. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they were complete opposites in, in almost every way. Everything from just, you know, Ted Williams had was married three times and didn't have great relationships with his children and gotten trouble with the press all the time, but in his, especially during his playing career. And John Glenn was as straight-laced and buttoned up and, you know, married to the same woman for, I think, 82 years. Uh, so these these guys were complete polar opposites. But there was something that it, be, it begins with the war. That That's how their friendship and connection started. But there was something. that There was a mutual respect between the two. Uh, but there was also a lot of shared traits. Uh, both were as much, you know, you look up perfectionist in the dictionary, you might as well see a picture of either Ted Williams or John Glenn. That's they were absolutely yeah. obsessive about, about their, Ted Williams, it was about baseball and it was about fishing and whatever, you know, even when he was in the military. And John Glenn was the exact same way when he was training for NASA, when he was a senator, when he was a military pilot. Um, so I think that was one of the things that united them. But again, yes, they were, were complete polar opposites. And it says something about, uh, the, the two men and, and friendships that they were able to be so close for all those years. Yeah. To maintain it, uh, even with those differences and how difficult was this to research for you? You know, you, you get into these stories and obviously it starts in Korea and Korea now is a very, very long time ago. And, uh, you know, John Glenn, uh, being on the wing of, of Ted Williams. I mean, it's just a cool, it's a cool start to the book because it does, it does bring you in right away uh, to that situation, which to anyone born, you know, after 1960 is so foreign to them. I mean, and look, mm-hmm. we're, you know, if you're born in 1960, you're 63 now. So we as, as a country for the most part, and most of our listeners, they don't have any real, uh, memory. I mean, there was Vietnam, but they were all young in 1960. None of them went uh, because by 1970, 71, it was over. So you're looking at, you know, a time that you really do. It might as well have been, you know, it might as well have been 1850 to a lot of people because mm-hmm. they just can't relate. Yeah, that's something that uh, is sort of talked about a little bit in the book is that Korea was sort of the forgotten war. Everybody yeah. remembers, you know, there's the many, many Saving Private Ryan or whatever movies you want to talk about. And everybody knows about World War II and the heroism of that. Uh, and Vietnam was com- sort of the complete opposite, was a war that most Americans wanted to forget. Uh, Korea was sort of sandwiched in between the two of them. And not, I, you know, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm only 41 years old. I didn't live through that era. I didn't really know much about Korea other than they filmed MASH was about Korea. Right. Uh, but right. so it was it was a real experience for me to learn about this, but it was really important. And, you know, it was a, it was this important battles and stopping the spread of communism. And many, many people died. Ted Williams very easily could have died on two different missions. Uh, there's a chapter in the book that talks about one of John Glenn and Ted Williams fellow squadron mates who does die. Uh, it, it was a very harrowing time. And it was it was it was a challenge to research for sure. But uh, it was also really rewarding, especially since the three guys who flew with both John and Glenn and Ted Williams, who are now in their late 90s, I was able to talk with. Uh, And, you know, hearing them talk about the subject matter was great, but just having a chance to discuss with them, uh, you know, their lives and everything that that happened in Korea 70 years ago uh, was a real reward and added a lot to the book. What do you think was the reason that both of them were so... Anxious. I mean, look, it's not easy. It's easier now with social media and the Internet, et cetera. But for them, it wasn't. Uh, why do you think they were able to maintain that friendship uh, after 
such so many years had gone by through the years when they were in so many ways so opposite. I mean, I understand, mm-hmm. I think we all understand the respect that they gained for each other. Uh, that part, I think, is easy to fathom. But keeping relationships, not an easy thing to do, especially between two brazen, tough men. Uh, it, it's it's kind of fascinating that they cared enough and saw enough special in each other to maintain the friendship, you know, all those years. Yeah, I think the, the thing that I, I looked at that was, you know, the, their personalities were similar in some ways, uh, and they had great respect, like you said. I think the thing that, that really stood out to me and why the friendship maintained was, for one, John Glenn said, he said when, you know, when you go into combat with someone, there's a bond that you can't even describe. And I think um, it's just inherent to serving. Well, I, didn't, I never served in the military. I never served in combat. But I can believe that, that whole band of brothers idea. I think most a, of us can, bond. yes. I agree with you, Adam. Yeah, I think most of us I can. I think that that, that that relates, you know, that stands out. The other thing is, I think, especially since when Williams and Glenn were both sort of old men in their 80s or, you know, uh, when John Glenn uh, was a couple years younger, but Ted Williams in his early 80s was really dying, I think their connection was even stronger. There was some sense of not just surviving the Korean War, but I think in some ways they had survived life. You know, a lot by then a lot of their friends probably had gone. And I think they, they attached one another themselves to one another based on that, you know. They had lived these long, celebrated lives, and, and they were still around. And I think they wanted to be with people who they had respected and knew and, and knew when they were young, virile fighter pilots fighting you know, across the 38th parallel in Korea. And so I think that was one of the things that brought them together many years later. Yeah, sort of a part of me is dying with him kind of deal, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about the reaction that you've gotten so far uh, through the, you know, the early release of the book and and maybe who you might have heard from or might have uh, gotten some insight from after after putting this down. Because I imagine some people were really, you know, it meant a lot to some people uh, who lived through that time. Well, I think the, the biggest reaction is from Red Sox fans and baseball fans. There you go. Uh, Ted Williams, you know, people you mentioned all the troubles he had during his career with uh, the media and, and the and, uh, fans and he threw balls at fans and he always talked negatively about the press. Um, but years, years later, I think people still hold a special place in their heart with Ted Williams. Uh, you know, I interviewed Bob Costas. I talked to him for the book. He wrote a nice blurb on the back jacket. You know, he even, you know, he didn't grow up watching Ted Williams. He knew him in later years. Uh, just there's these guys all look at Ted Williams as this giant. He's in that small group of, you know, maybe Babe Ruth and Willie Mays and Lou Gehrig and uh, of, of all the giants in American baseball history. So people, you know, they, they've really responded to that. The other thing is, you know, Ted Williams is a sports icon. This is a sports show, so uh, it's, it's really relevant to your readers. But John Glenn, as I sort of hinted at earlier, he was just exuded integrity. And everything he did from his time in the military to his time as a test pilot and then being the, really the face of early NASA and then being a United States senator for 24 years, uh, I think people have responded to that and liked you know, appreciated that this guy with just amazing integrity who didn't put politics first, he put the country first, he, he believed in America, not in Republicans or Democrats or anything like that. Um, and I think that was one of the things that sort of rang throughout the whole book was John Glenn's uh, integrity and his, his, his great heart and, and caring about this country. 
The book is The Wingmen, the unlikely, unusual, unbreakable friendship between John Glenn and Ted Williams. We've been joined by Adam Lazarus, who's the author of said book. We wish you continued success. Adam, thanks for taking some time with us this morning on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks. I appreciate it a lot. There you go. That's Adam Lazarus, book available everywhere you might get a book. You just uh, type in Adam Lazarus, The Wingmen. It'll show up. And uh, you can go from there. And as I said, I haven't gotten through it yet. I just got a copy of it on the uh, weekend here. Uh, but I did look through it, and it does seem to be something that would interest me. Uh, and I, I do think we uh, dropped the ball a little bit on history in this country because uh, everything is now, now, uh, largely because of the Internet. And it's nice to look back now and then, especially at a time – you know, that's that's the end, really, before video took over. Uh, stories like John Glenn and Ted Williams, you know, stories that ended in the 60s. Uh, video pretty much took over 75 somewhere, and video is now what we rely on. Uh, before that, it was the written word more, and obviously this uh, reflects that time period as well. All right, buy or sell. That is around the corner. Chris Moore for Bill Ryder, CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Chris Moore for Bill Ryder on this Labor Day. Hope all is well wherever you may be. I see over in Europe that they uh, did the same thing the Americans did in terms of Ryder Cup as Captain Luke Donald snubbed Adrian Moronk the same way Keegan Bradley was snubbed a little bit for Shane Lowry, I guess. But Moronk won the Italian Open on the golf course they're going to play the Ryder Cup on, won the Australian Open, won the Irish Open in July of 22. 
and he had a top 25 finish in the 23 Open, and he will not be representing the Ryder Cup. So lest you think JT and the Americans are the only old boys network, uh, apparently that is not the case. Same problem over there. All right, you know what time of the day it is. What? Oh, oh we're going to wait for a second. We've got to make sure we got everything in order. That's good. I like Carlos. He, he, he likes to take control of the program, you know, like I'm his wingman. And we do thank Adam Lazarus, by the way, for that uh, conversation on John Glenn and Ted Williams. You know, John Glenn, one of the last, last American heroes for some people. And with politicians, of course, that's tough because someone's always on the other side and always willing to hate on a politician. It's part of the reason it's, it's kind of a crazy job, isn't it? I mean, would you really want your kid to be a politician? I don't know many parents that would, and I don't think that's a great sign for our country. Uh, that the vitriol and hatred isn't worth the price of service. So, you ready over there, Carlos? You feeling better? Indeed I am. <laughs> it's time for Buy Yourself. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. Well... It must be a holiday, Chris. Well, because the voiceover guy didn't get it right. It's Chris Moore. It's not. Yeah, Bill that's Ryder. okay. We'll get over that part. And that's... normally this is a D cell spot, but no, Carlos Ortiz fitting in for D cell because absolutely know, right. This is what we got. That's do an upgrade us. there. You know, it's a downgrade on Ryder, but it's an upgrade on uh, D cell. I boy. hear that an awful lot. I kind of feel yeah. bad for D cell. Like yeah, him. I do too. All right, but you know what? His loss is my gain. That's Let's right. get into buyer cell on this Labor Day edition, everybody. You talked about it in the last hour, Chris, but Brian Kelly's LSU Tigers had a terrible loss against Florida State last night, blowing a halftime lead with a final of 45 to 24. It's funny. I was out to dinner with my wife, and I didn't get to catch the first half. I was watching the phone sort of on my game a little bit. I looked up my wife, and I'm like, oh, 17-14, pretty close. I can't wait to go home and finish it. Get home, what a disappointment. Absolutely getting blown out. Florida State, what, 21 unanswered, something like that? 31 unanswered. Gross, gross. Here is head coach Brian Kelly after the loss. Congratulations to Florida State. They played a great second half. Um, they were the better football team tonight. You know, we certainly uh, are not the football team that I thought we were. And, uh, you know, got to do a much better job, obviously, and developing our football team. The loss marks LSU's largest defeat as a ranked team in a season opener in the AP poll era, Chris. So buy or sell... Last night's loss being Brian Kelly's worst one yet. Ooh, I'd have to look at that, but I'll buy it. Ding, I'll ding. buy it. Yeah, because I'll buy it because uh, he had the stage to himself. You know, a, a lot of people watch that game. A lot of people on a holiday weekend, on a night, uh, in between, sandwiching between the Saturday and Labor Day. You know, there, were, there, there was not a lot of diversity in what you could watch on television last night. So more eyes on this game probably than normally there would be if it was a Saturday in October. And they were up at halftime, and they were embarrassed in the second half. So it, it likely is the worst loss of his career. Bye. There's the sounder I was looking for. You know, it's amazing. Live radio. We, uh, it's we, Monday. It's early. We drive water. We drink all we dabbed. There you go. So let's go to the next one, Chris. North Carolina's offense had little trouble without two of its top wide receivers as Heisman contender Drake made through for 269 yards, two touchdowns, and a 31-17 victory over South Carolina. Yeah, thanks, Gamecocks. I took you in the two and a half. Really ruined that for me. 
Now, one of the stories going into that game, and I don't know if you saw some of the uh, teammate reaction, little protest they had, is Tez Walker, a two-time transfer who arrived at North Carolina in January. He was denied a waiver by the NCAA this summer, and his appeal was denied on Thursday, which is obviously two days before the game even got a chance to come off yet. Chris, his first transfer was from North Carolina Central, which came in 2020 after the schools canceled that season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And his second transfer was from Kent State to North Carolina. And that one occurred before this new rule of like transfer limitations where you had to sit out a year for eligibility was even passed. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you, buy or sell the NCAA doing the right thing and allowing Taz Walker to play after this foolish transfer rule? Uh, I sell. Sell. Yeah, I mean, look, they don't answer to anyone either. You know, we talk all the time about organizations not answering, uh, doing what they want because they can, because they're basically a monopoly. And the college presidents don't have time for this and don't care about this. And they're the only ones the NCAA answers to. So the NCAA is autonomous, and you, you really, as the old adage used to go, fighting City Hall when you fight the NCAA, you're not going to win. Yeah, big schools only care about big bucks, apparently. It's just a raw deal for the kid. I really hope they're able it to is. figure it out because yeah, it's not fair to him. Because So the, what the NCAA is trying to say on this is that they have passed a rule before, but it didn't get announced. That's that's dog water. They, they really Yeah, and they don't want the next one. They want this to be the poster boy. Don't come to us with this stuff. We're not going to grant it. You know, they they don't want to open the door a little bit so some light comes through. So everybody comes and says, well, this guy's two times, but his situation is special. Look at this one. Look at this one. Look at this one. They don't want that. They don't want that work. So they, they're out. You know, yeah. they're, they're like, don't come to us with this stuff. The answer is no. Yeah, sell everything they're doing. Right. Uh, let's go to the next one here, Chris. I don't know if you heard, you know, it's a small story. Not really a lot of people are talking about it, but – Colorado beat TCU on Saturday. No. Yeah, man. It was a shock to me, too. I was no. like, what's going on here? Shador Sanders became the first. Which I knew who the coach was there. Yeah, you know what? It's funny because him and the quarterback have the same like, last name. It's like they whisper. I mean, who it is. Nobody <laughs> even knows. Well, Shador Sanders, who is the son of the, well, the guy we'll mention in a little bit, became the first Buffalo's quarterback to ever to eclipse 500 yards in passing in a game, which is crazy because Slash went to that school, quarter through it. Uh, he completed 38 of 47 passes with four touchdowns and no picks. He had four different teammates, eclipsed 100 receiving yards, which was another Colorado first. But the fallout, Chris, of that game is everyone seems to be jumping on Deion Sanders, who is the head coach, his bandwagon. Matter of fact, here is that head coach calling out reporters after the game. What's up, boss? You believe that? You, you, hold on, hold on, hold on, oh no. <laughs> Do you believe that? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sipped it through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. Look, it's an impressive win, and I know Colorado is going to get all the hype in the world this week. We will see how the season unfolds. But I got to ask you. Buy or sell Dion keeping receipts on reporters for this? Oh, I buy it. Buy. I, 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 I like the motivational aspect of it and the entertainment value. Do I think it's silly and could come back to bite him? Absolutely. But I buy 
the us-against-them mentality that he's hoping his team will catch as well. And, you know, the I mean, look, the oldest motivational tool is nobody believes in us. We're going to shock the world. And that's all he's trying to do. He's trying to say everybody's against us, boys. Nobody believes. The media's against us. Nobody respects us. And I think as a motivational tool, it's okay. Do I need it? No. Do I understand the people who are against it? Absolutely, I understand it. Focus should be on the players and the kids and, you know, who cares what the media says really. But he's smart, and I think he's leading in a manner that parallels his personality. So with him, not with every coach, but with him, I'm for it. Let's switch gears a little bit. We'll go away from the college. We'll actually go to pro sports, but not football quite yet. Still got a couple days for it. We'll, we'll have a football story. For We're going to leave behind college football. Whoa, Nelly. Uh, they, no more college football. We're going to the pros. Yeah, we've been talking about it too much. They have their moment in the sun. Pete Alonzo. Can't believe I'm actually squeezing in the Mets story here. But Pete Alonzo put himself in some rarefied air yesterday uh, against the Mariners. He homered twice, drove in four runs. So Alonzo now reaches 40 home runs and 100 RBIs for the second consecutive season as the Mets beat the Mariners. First place Mariners, well, I put some respect on their names, 6-3. to three. The Mets have had a horribly disappointing season. There's no secret on that. I get to laugh at my Mets friends, so that's happy for me. Uh, but there were some rumors that have picked up calls on a first baseman with our general manager when it came to the trade deadline. So it looks like they might have been shopping Alonzo. It turns out, you know, Epler was just picking up the calls, but the calls were being made from other teams seeing, hey, you know, maybe we could pick, kick the tires on, a, on an Alonzo trade here. Extension talks, Chris, haven't really gained too much traction. Uh, I know there's some big reports of our sister station in New York talking about you know, the culture and the locker room. So I'm going to ask you, Buy or sell the Mets dragging their feet on getting a Pete Alonso deal done? Uh, I buy. Buy. That they will drag their feet. It's going to be a huge nut. It is Lindor already there. They did unload Verlander and Scherzer. Uh, they do have an owner that's got plenty of money but didn't get paid for his investment, and he's not going to like that. Steve Cohen doesn't lose much when it comes financially. And he made a big investment, and it turned south on him big time. So he's going to be a little stingier, I would think. And it's an interesting question to me, and I brought it up this weekend on the show. Would Met fans rather have Pete Alonso and lose six more games without him or, uh, or, or, or I should say, lose six more games uh, with, with uh, Pete in the lineup? In other words, let me phrase that so it could be understood. Would they rather have Pete or win more? Uh, if a trade, if you could, if you could forecast a trade bringing back more and making you a more complete and more uh, competitive team without Pete, would you rather have that or would you rather have Pete and lose a few more games? And I think most Met fans would rather have Pete and lose a few more games. That's how big a draw he is. So I expect him to stay. I expect him to be a part of the Mets for many years to come. But I expect this to draw out, drag out a long time. Money is so big right now, and they've already spent a lot. I think it's going to drag on. It's going to be for a fun offseason here, whether or not you're Yeah, a it'll, be, it'll be calls filled. Yeah, uh, if, yeah, you, yeah. if you're a Mets fan, you're, you know, you'll know you be one way or the other. Oh, I'll pay them or yeah. I'll get rid of them. If you're yeah. not a Mets fan, you just get the popcorn and enjoy the show. Yeah, like, and it's, gonna... 90, it's going to be 90% pay them. They love them. 
I'm fine with it either way. I, I get I, it gets to uh, fill in my offseason uh, yep. you know, talk here. Yep. Let's go to the last one because I'm staring at Pat Boyle. Pat Boyle is staring at me. And he's like, he gets angry, too. I, Pat gets angry. He wants to do his updates. He they does. They're scintillating. They're yep. entertaining. Oh. Uh, not so much his shirt. Chicks but, really dig him. Chicks dig those updates. Nah, that's a rumor. <laughs> I see it, Pat. So we will talk for some NFL here. I have an interesting question for you more. Fire when ready, Grizzly. There is a ton of quarterbacks in the AFC. I don't know if you heard that either. Aaron Rodgers is now a Jets. Oh, we, as we haven't talked about him enough. But Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, Joe Burrow with the Bengals, Josh Allen with the Bills, Justin Herbert. The list goes on. In fact, if you you know look at top ten lists of the AFC alone, you could see that the conference is completely stacked. I didn't even talk about Lamar Jackson, who won an MVP. But I want to bring this name up to you. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence had a rocky first year because he didn't have a head coach in Urban Meyer who knew what he was doing. You know, I'm not going to go into the saga with that. But Calvin Ridley comes back from his year-long gambling suspension. They paid Christian Kirk a boatload of money to be a quality receiver there. Zay Jones is a pretty good third option. There are targets there to be had for Trevor Lawrence. So I'll ask you, Chris, little list question here. Buyer so Trevor Lawrence can finish as a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Woo! Uh, I buy it. Buy. You know, I think he's making the transition the way you want him to. And it is, uh, Carlos, along those lines, why the NFC conversation is so muddy. And people are, you know, betting on Daniel Jones and betting on Justin Fields and thinking Jalen Hurts is still the class out there and wondering about Dak. And, you know, there's just a lot more questions in the NFC. In the AFC, you're going to see a good quarterback. A lot of games that AFC teams are involved in, and I think Trevor Lawrence will take the next step. Top five's tough, but it will be interesting to watch either way, and I think you know Jacksonville and interesting to watch have not gone together in my lifetime very often, so I think that in itself was a victory for them. I guess buy or sell that we did a good job on this segment. Uh, I'd sell that. We're not very good. We're, we're backup singers. We're backup singers. We, we, uh, we're not the star. You know, guys like Pat Boyle are the star. We're just sort of hanging out, taking up space, and, and filling the Labor Day slate. You know, that's, that's what we're doing. So, uh, you know, but we try hard, and we're extremely handsome. And when you're handsome on the radio, you know, it's just not appreciated the way it should be. But you know it. I know it. My mirror knows it. In fact, I have 2,800 mirrors in my house, which is why it's just a beautiful place, and I wish I could invite every listener over. It's the bottom of the hour. It's time for the update. Here's Pat Boyle. First look at number nine, Clemson, tonight. Taking on Duke. And they're highly coveted quarterback. I don't know coveted yet, but certainly a guy on the radar. A lot of good quarterback play this past weekend. Um, you know, led by Caleb Williams, perhaps. But it, it is – I don't really uh, get too caught up in the Heisman race, but I do get caught up in professional football having better quarterbacking. And certainly in the AFC, it looks like it's here. In the NFC, it is to be determined – whether that quarterbacking is going to improve this year. And a lot of guys are hopes rather than resume guys who have proven it in the past. And uh, we look around and we wait to see who might emerge there. But the Trevor Lawrence question that Carlos answered uh, asked was a good question because, you know, he, he could get lost in the shuffle a little bit playing with all those other guys in the AFC. And he would be really 
spotlighted and highlighted were he an NFC quarterback, and maybe Herbert could say that too, uh, now that Rodgers, of course, has moved over. Uh, You know, the sad news reported Saturday uh, about the passing of Jimmy Buffett. And now this morning, Steve Harwell, the former lead singer of Smash Mouth, uh, of course, he had that song All Star, which was used a lot in sports and uh, Walking on the Sun. Uh, He passed away at age 56 of liver failure in Boise, Idaho. So unfortunately, in this, you know, and I I had talked about this before, in this time period now where we have gone to video, we talked about it earlier, from, you know, 1975 on, a lot of our memories of the famous and of the of sports stars, et cetera, and, and entertainment stars, it's a little more personal now than it used to be. For example, Ted Williams and John Glenn, they're figures to us. You know, we talked about them earlier on that book, The Wingmen. They're figures to us. They're not so much reality to us. Jimmy Buffett is reality to us, right? And, and entertainers like him and all those uh, – older performers who are either still going or still somewhat in the limelight. And we all know who they are and how many there are, you know, uh, the big names of Elton John and Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen and, and, and Mick Jagger and so on and so forth through are all, you know, getting into the upper seventies, eighties range. So unfortunately for all of us, these sad stories are going to become more prevalent simply because we're in an age now where we kind of felt, regardless of whether it's true or not, our perception was we got to know them a little bit. You know, if you're a fan of any of the people I mentioned and a big fan of any of them, you feel like you got to know them. Like, I, I you know, I, I was sad about Jimmy Buffett in a lot of ways. I mean, it, it really did hit me in a personal manner and almost surprising to me how much I was saddened by that. And I think we're going to unfortunately have to endure a lot of that with famous people passing simply because there are so many more of them and video kind of brought them to us. So that's how, you know, we we got closer to feeling like we knew them, you know, and, and um, that's sad news today on, on Steve Harwell, uh, I knew Smash Mouth. I did not know Steve Harwell. Uh, as you know, if someone asked me who's the lead singer, I wouldn't have been able to answer that. But the fact is, these type of things are going to be more prevalent. And you know, I'm not over the I'm not over the Jimmy Buffett thing. It it saddens me. It absolutely saddens me uh, because he you know it's a holiday weekend. Um, in fact, what is it, Monday, uh, come Monday, uh, you know, for the Labor Day weekend show. Uh, here we are, Labor Day weekend. So something, man, it's something, and it's sad. And uh, we we mourn and we respect, you know, we, we got to do a better job while people are alive of uh, making sure they feel uh, their importance in our lives, and we say thank you when we, when we can. Um the kid, Ugalele, who transferred from Clemson to Oregon, 
uh, played great in the debut against San Jose State and really had a, you know, uh, the kind that made him go to Clemson in the first place, uh, the kind of performance that, you know, people uh, expected that he would do more often there. Uh, Colorado's favored at Nebraska this week. Nebraska off a very difficult loss to Minnesota, and we really get into college football even more so this weekend coming up. I've often said that I thought week two is the real week. The one thing Colorado's going to have to deal with now is, you know, before they were a novelty and it was interesting and they were worth watching but not contending and not perceived as a dangerous team. And now, until further notice, they're going to be perceived as a dangerous team. And it will be very easy to motivate your team if you're playing Colorado. You know a lot more eyes will be watching the game than would have been if they lost by 20 last week. You know, the novelty would wear off quickly. And you know that while, they're, while people are tuning in to watch Colorado, they're going to be watching you. You're the opponent. So if I'm coaching in that environment, uh, I'm feeling pretty good that my team will be ready to play Colorado and we'll see what kind of maturity Colorado has uh, internally. I know Prime knows what he's doing and he knows what I'm saying is true and we'll address it, but whether his team embraces the fact that they are now the hunted uh, remains to be seen. If your teams are in the baseball races, you know what kind of big games you have. Interesting this week, San Francisco and the Cubs, and that's an afternoon game uh, this afternoon on the MLB Network as well. You've got Houston and Texas hooking up uh, this week for a series. So that will be interesting because both of them uh, are battling each other. You've got Toronto with Oakland, and when you're playing Oakland and you're in a pennant race, the pressure is on. So what will Toronto do? Can they – Continue out there. You got a matchup between Seattle and Cincinnati. See, this is what baseball wanted when they expanded the playoffs. They wanted big September series with the kids back in school that would make you come out to the ballpark. And even in the Yankees situation, in particular with all those 25 and under kids, they want people to come out and see the prospects play. You know, they're they're excited about the potential of next year's team and come see the kids play. So there's always marketing involved. There's always something to look forward to. We always try as fans to find the next thing, the optimism, you know, the the players that you brought in for the players that you lost and what that could mean to your future. And, you know, that this is the time of year for that. So we got a lot of good series in baseball that should spice up uh, and it and it doesn't have to be inside the division, as we see with, you know, some of these series um, with the Cubs and with uh, Cincinnati, San Francisco. You know, they, they don't have to be Texas and Houston. They can still be that important. And when your team is in it, doesn't matter who they play. You know, they got to win. They got to pile up wins. It's interesting. The Phillies, by the way, just to remind you, and our old friend John Kincaid had this on Twitter this morning. The Phillies last year had the same record at this time of the year that they have now. And the Phillies, many people won't remember because they weren't paying attention, and I don't blame them. I didn't remember. The Phillies went 4-8 and eight in their last 12 games down the stretch. 
before going on the playoff run that brought them to the World Series. They went four and eight. So thinking that you have to go in hot is not accurate. Thinking that you have to make it, (laughs) that's accurate. That you have to find a way to be better than your closest contender regardless of what they make you do. You know, if they go four and eight, you only got to go five and seven. So you weren't playing well either, but you got in. Getting in is what it's all about. And I wonder what the national interest in baseball is. They've done such a poor job of promoting Acuna and Freeman and Betts and some of their better players. Uh, They tried hard with Otani, and then he threw a fly in the ointment by getting the arm injury and took some of the air out of that bubble. But I wonder about baseball in the postseason and just how interested nationally we will be. Well, it flew by uh, for Bill Ryder, Chris Moore. I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks to Carlos, as always, and to Pat Boyle and to author Adam Lazarus. And we will talk again soon. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.